Welcome to Marking Minute by Presco. From engineered film to safety markers, take a minute to explore the products that impact us every day. Hey everyone, welcome to the Marking Minute brought to you by Presco. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. As a company in the safety markings world, the customers that Presco sells to vary considerably. From underground detectable tape for construction sites, to barricade tape for police sites, to aerial paneling, pesticide signs, and whiskers, each product benefits a variety of professional sects of the business world. So when looping in distributors to sell Presco solutions, it's not quite a one-size-fits-all, even for single products. So on today's episode of The Marking Minute, we're giving some insight into Presco's dynamic with distributors to give you Presco's top advice for bringing in, developing, and maintaining fruitful relationships with distributors when your product is as flexible as safety marking. I'm here on the line with Wade Wilson, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Presco, and Clayton Chancy, Director of Marketing for Presco. Wade, Clayton, great to have you both in the studio, on the line. How are we doing? Wonderful. Great, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure getting to chat. Uh, and, you know, especially a subject like this, I feel like though we're going to focus on the safety marking market and industry, these are all tips that can be applicable beyond just this industry. So I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts on all this. So I think uh, let's start with some background, right? So could you give us a rundown of how many distributors you have uh, and how the business has encouraged distributor uh, growth or um, you know bringing distributors into the business model over the years? How has that changed? Yeah, sure. Um, so our our focus is really over the last seven eight years has has kind of changed a little bit. Um, seven or eight years ago, we we had two thousand to twenty five hundred uh, individual distributors, um, and here recently we've we've really kind of uh, minimized our focus. Um, it has helped us to be more efficient and take care of our our current distributors. Mm. Currently, we're looking at right around close to a thousand uh, or so distributors, and uh, like I said, what that has done is really. Um, it's taken the uh, our focus really on major distributors that we have, where we could put our time and energy on our main our main distributors, our main core distributors, and really help them grow. That's really kind of what we've changed about our our relationship. Instead of just selling anything to anybody, what we've done is we said, hey, let's let's focus on our core distributors really help them sell more of our products. And so we've kind of taken a, a role of, we don't want to just simply sell our products to our mm -hmm. distributors. We want to help our, pro our our distributors sell more of our products. And, um, you know, with, with Clayton here, uh, that's really helped those guys in marketing focus on how we can market our product and how we can help our core distributors sell more of our product. Uh, I agree with that 100%. In fact, the way we kind of see it and the, the Presco marketing department is we view ourselves not only the marketing department for Presco, but for our distributors as well. We, we do what we can to assist them uh, with materials they need to help push our products to their customers. Was having and like having with an L, right? Cutting in half your amount of distributors, uh, something that was difficult as a company and as a brand, you know, not only to interface with those distributors to be like, hey, you know, 
we'd rather you not sell our product anymore, mm-hmm. as well as just the logistics of shrinking the amount of distributors that you have. Um, yeah, it was it was really just a logistics thing. Mm. Um, we still want those smaller customers to sell our product, and we didn't want to discourage that. However, we wanted to encourage them to using more of our master distributors and our wholesale distributors. Uh, for instance, we might have had 200 distributors, smaller distributors, that sold less than Mm. $1,000. And other master distributors that bought, you know, a million, $2 million worth of product from us. It just made more sense to roll those guys into some of our master distributors and really focus on helping those guys grow rather than having, you know, an an additional 200 to 300 distributors Mm. out there that are, that are, we're trying to either maintain from a marketing standpoint, maintain from a customer service and an order standpoint, we're really trying to drive our efficiencies and and doing what we can to be as efficient as we can, um, and also focus on our our core customers and helping them drive drive more sales. So break down the dynamic between a company like Presco and your distributors, and kind of that that selling dynamic from Presco to your distributors, and what makes it unique. Is there something that creates specific kinds of challenges or opportunities that you might not see in a different industry? Yeah, I I think one of the biggest issues that we face or difficulties that we face with our distributors is uh, you know, we call ourselves one percenters, and it's and and you have the the one percent uh, stigma that right. says, not the, hey, not, that's not a good, the billionaires. Yeah, right? <laughs> not, we're not the good. We're not the billionaires, right? We're we we understand that we're less than one percent of our distributors' total overall sales. So a lot of the times, our products get pushed to the side. You know, it, it really doesn't become, it's not important to them. And so one of the things that we really try to drive and, and what we want to do is help make that important to them. Mm. We don't really focus as much on, you know, we, we do well at, at developing programs um, such as rebate or freight or, you know, any managed inventory, things like that. Um, but really our focus and, and from a sales perspective and really from a marketing perspective is help their customers or help uh, their sales team drive sales to their customers. Mm. Uh, We don't want to just sell them product and have it sit in their distribution center or sit in their branches. Right. What we truly want to do is help those guys sell more of that product. And ultimately that means that that sales are going to pick up from our end. So being only, or at least often being only 1% of your distributors sales how do you create that incentive to want them to sell more of your product? I mean, is it more of an incentivizing game with, you know, here's why you should sell it uh, and giving them the tools to do that? Is it more about um, kind of the subconscious building of a deeper relationship with them and making them feel more invested in the product themselves? Uh, you know, h- how do you approach that from just a, I don't know, like a a business model perspective. Well, I think you hit both of those, actually. Our relationship with our uh, distributors, uh, that's the big focus, or our sales team and our brand ambassadors who go out and visit our distributors. That is huge, and that's our, our big focal point. Mm. But also, we do incentive programs. We've got a, uh, a young lady on staff who really focuses on that and works with each of the sales members to take those incentive plans and programs out to our distributors to help grow business in those means. Interesting. And and to to expand on that, it's it's really important for our distributors in 
a multitude of, of ways. One, and most importantly, is their customers are using this product. Mm-hmm. Um, so each one of our distributors um, have customers out there that are absolutely using this product. Whether they're buying it from a particular distributor or not, you, who knows? Um, so we really we really work with the sales team to make sure that those guys are buying it from that distributor. Two, it's a high margin product. Um, so a lot of the times, even though it's a 1% sales, a lot of the times our products for distributors are one of the highest margin items that they have in a branch or distribution or or really total, um, total company overall. So, mm. I mean, and then three, it builds the relationship because it is a disposable product. It helps build the relationship for our distributors with our customers. They know if they can be dependent uh, on, you know, whether it's a barricade tape, whether it's state flags, they know if they can go to this particular distributor to get it because it's a disposable product that they'll always be able to build that relationship and go back and forth to that branch. Mm. To expand on that a little bit, we also really focus on customizing our product and that really adds that value as well. So it it helps our, or our, our customers know that that distribution point, they can always go back and get their customers customized product from this particular uh, distributor. So there's really a lot of different ways in, in that we can build value and, and we can help those customers, uh, right. those end users, go to that distributor and, and continue that sales process. So since you deal with a product that, like you said, is often only 1% of your distributor's sales, why did Presco decide to go with the business model of having you know about 1,000 distributors uh, each with about 1% of their sales being these products and not you going direct to the end users. So selling directly to uh, police outfits or to construction companies or to you know pesticide companies and anything like that. Why did you decide to bring in distributors as part of your business model? And what kind of effect has that had on Presco? We've been around for 75 years. Mm. We've never sold to end users. That's what really makes Presco unique. Like I said earlier, we we really just focused on growing our distribution channel and growing our distributors and their sales. It's hard to do that if you are, are marketing and yeah. selling to end users. From an efficiency standpoint, we have to deal with far less people so we can specialize and we can focus on our, our wholesale uh, distribution. And, you know, it, it really, it makes us more efficient in order to, you know, we don't have to process as many orders. Uh, we don't have to, you know, talk. Our customer service team uh, does not have to field as many um, as many phone calls and that type of thing. So focusing on just our distributors um, really helps helps our focus and helps Clayton um, with uh, with the marketing team and, and what our focus is. I agree 100%. And what, what I will say is this was my first role coming in to market business to business and not to the end user. So that was quite the the change. I still catch myself sometimes doing things that's more towards <laughs> the end user and right. not. Um, but with social media and stuff nowadays, it's it's difficult to focus on business to business. But I think we've done a pretty good job these last couple of years turning that around a little bit. And, and one of the things too that that we focus and Clayton does a really good job um, in in our marketing team is we also want to help support and help focus on in years as well. 
One of the things when we do is we, we go to our sales organizations, we train those guys how to talk to their end user. Uh, Clayton does a really good job at developing content, developing uh, videos and, and blogs that focuses on end users as well. So um, we don't just focus from a sales perspective on our distributors. That is what our focus is uh, as far as our sales process. Right. But really, as, as I spoke about, really our focus is to help those guys sell more. So we can't get into a situation where we don't know what the end user is doing and we don't know how the end user is reacting. We don't know how to market to the end user. I don't want you to get that, you know, that confused. Right. We still pay attention because that is important to our distributors. Right. Now, ultimately, we have to train them in how to sell this product. And we have to train them why this product is important to their customers. So ultimately, we do develop that content. Right. It's just from a sales process. We just focus on our uh, particular distributors. Right, right. But you're still having to formulate those strategies for how to sell your products, how to communicate them to the needs of those industries. So really, you're playing both games, but Absolutely. just with one of them, it's more of like a, a mentorship role. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, we don't want to lose sight of what our end users are doing. Right. We don't want to lose sight of why our end users are buying. I mean, there's there's OSHA regulations. There's state regulations for pesticides. There's a, a bunch of safety um, protocol that needs to happen out there, with yeah. our, whether it's from detectable and non-detectable underground tapes. Um, if it's in the forestry industry, there's, there's, there's a lot of regulations that our products help maintain. We have to know and understand that. A lot of the times our distributors don't. Like I said, it goes back to that less than 1% of sales. Right. Um, if they don't understand why our products are being used and where they're being needed, then they're not going to be able to communicate that to their customers. So we really take a two-pronged approach. And although we've cut down our distributors and uh, from a sales perspective, we really have our hand deeply within the end users and our distributors as a whole. Absolutely. And uh, something you mentioned earlier, the, the customization of the products. Mm. For example, on the marking flags, we'll have uh, uh, one of our distributors will call saying, uh, Joe's Lawn Service needs a thousand marking flags. Right. Well, we will take that Joe's Lawn Service logo and put it on there. And, and sometimes these companies won't even have a logo. Um, and through a conversation with our distributor, they'll say, well, hey, do you mind designing something for them real quick? Right. And, and so when it's all said and done towards the end, it's like you kind of feel invested into this right. end user and, and close to them. Well, and that's really interesting because you're almost providing uh, marketing services as much as you're providing sales services when you start getting to that point. Um, and you're doing it one step removed, right? So even though your sales happen with distributors, to some degree, you end up helping the end users, even if it's slightly indirectly. When it comes to marketing strategy, uh, marketing strategy for end users is very different than marketing strategy for trying to pull in uh, distributors. Often in B2B, that comes in word of mouth. I know with things like podcasts and videos and things, that is changing and B2B marketing is changing. Um, but specifically when you're trying to pitch to the distributor and you're trying to do it not just in word of mouth, but have them stumble upon Presco themselves and find value in Presco without having to have a conversation with any of you. And then, you know, the conversation is just the the pitch, the sell. How do you approach your marketing to those distributors? And, you know, are, is there anything that makes that particularly unique or difficult when you're kind of, you know, still one step removed from that end user? I, I think we've we've kind of mentioned it. And, and the way I see it is we're not just Presco's marketing team, but we're 
distributor A's marketing team right. and B's marketing team. And so we want to do what they need to do to help close that deal with their their end user. And right now, as we go through this campaign, we've launched the, the Presco package. Uh, the marketing is something we've we've hit on that pretty hard that's coming up. We also recently uh, brought on some brand ambassadors uh, through marketing, and they're out there traveling and meeting these distributors and shaking their hands and, and just solidifying that relationship um, right. and doing what they need to do uh, and, and getting feedback and saying, hey, where, where are we failing? Where are we, you know, what can we help you with? And, and things like that. And one of the things that, that we're able to do and how we're able to create value besides all of the different things that we've talked about, um, from a product standpoint, we're one of the only companies or we, we are the only company that can manufacture uh, the flags, the roll flag, the in the barricade tape, whether it's underground tape or uh, above ground tape. So being able to go in immediately and have marketing show the product offering that we can that we can have and, and we can develop and we can uh, customize um, for individual distributors or individual customers. Um, I think that there's a lot of value to that. And, and like what we did when we consolidated distributors, a lot of our distributors are wanting to consolidate vendors. Right. So when you come to someone like Presco, you really can consolidate someone that you're, you know, uh, suppliers that are maybe three or four different suppliers. So a supplier for flags or a supplier for tape or supplier. And Presco may be one of those right. along with two or three others. We're really able to consolidate that down. Uh, and, and, you know, so you, you've got one vendor that you're working with. You've got one marketing team. We pour a lot of resources into our, our distribution, uh, into their customers. So I, I think there's a lot of value from just a product standpoint outside of also of, of what else we've talked about today. Yeah. Another aspect that comes with being a step removed from the end user and selling to distributors is that if you're not in tune with the needs of the end user, the, uh, pains of their businesses or the industry can be harder to predict and harder to adjust to. So I think it is to your own benefit that you stay in tune with what the end users need because then Presco can adjust who they sell to, how they sell to distributors so that you know there isn't a, a delay in you feeling, oh wow, suddenly you know our end users don't need this product anymore. We've been manufacturing this product for a few months now and now suddenly we're realizing that you know, we're, we're behind. So because you stay in tune with the end users, that doesn't really happen. Is there any other side to that dynamic and trying to listen to the needs of the end users without selling to them directly? And uh, how do you try to do that uniquely or uh, in a way that's efficient for Presco's time and energy? Yeah, one of the, the things is, is first, when we meet any end users, we're we're upfront about about how we go to market. I mean, there's never been any kind of issue on end, user, end users trying to buy directly from us. Right. Uh, that is absolutely pushed out to distributors. We know, or they know, that our partner lies in our distribution model. For example, to take it a step further, you know, one of the things that we've done is our entire sales team is OSHA 30 certified, um, and so we know uh, what the OSHA regulations are, and so we can talk about that. To to the end user. So we're, we're, we're always on top of our training. We know what's out there. We know the risks that are out there. We know what OSHA is looking for so that we can then help both our distributors communicate that to our end users. And then also we can, through our marketing department, uh, market that to, uh, to end users and through distribution as well. Presco is not huge, but with 200 employees, a lot of the employees that work with us come from other industries where they were the end user. 
And so getting their feedback from that has been very beneficial. So as you've refined your list of distributors down to about a thousand um, to your, your top list of capable distributors, what do you still see as the biggest issues for them in trying to sell your products uh, besides just being you know just one percent of sales, right? Maybe just specifics about the products and how do you help educate them and help them solve those issues? Uh, and how does that speak to a larger relationship that you develop with them? Well, you know the main issue is really just um, not caring about the product. Sure, I, 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 right. I mean that's that is really if you wanted if you want to. Um, really focus in on the core issue. It is that. And so what we really try to do once again is just help drive that value and why that's out there. You know, sometimes it's as simple as just having them remember to ask questions. We've we've done a lot of marketing um, marketing campaigns where uh, in the irrigation industry, for instance, where if if the counter guys or our distributors at, a, at branches, uh, if they look at it and say, hey, would you like flags with that? They're in there buying sprinkler heads. They're in there buying uh, pipe. They're they're obviously laying out a sprinkler in either a residential or commercial area. Would you like flags with that? A lot of the times, uh, I would say well over 90 to 95% of the times, if that question is asked, then the end user, the contract will say, absolutely. I, for, I forgot all about it. Uh, take it another step farther. Uh, when, we, when we went through our OSHA 30 um, training, we saw what was called a SSSP, which is a site-specific safety plan. A lot of the times, our distributors that aren't necessarily focused on safety don't realize what a site-specific safety plan is. A lot of end users, whether it's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, corporate, uh, industrial, all have site-specific safety plans. So getting those guys to simply ask the question of, hey, does your site-specific safety plan require safety marking products. Sure. The answer, overwhelming majority of that, of those times are yes, they are. Well, then why aren't you continuing to buy these safety marking products that are outlined and specified in your SSSP? And so, you know, just getting those type of questions and, you know, training the salespeople into understanding that, hey, if you just ask a couple of simple questions, um, that can make a huge difference in the sales and, and a huge difference in how you distribute it, uh, this, this particular product. Mm. I think another hurdle that we encounter with our distributors is uh, merchandising. The way a flag is presented on a shelf or the barricade tape or roll flag or whatever the right. case might be. Um, and we've recently combated that with designing uh, four different types of displays to hold these products. Nice. And each display can be slightly customized with add-ons that go on the side to hold additional products and whatnot. Because um, sometimes you walk in through a store and you find barricade tape and it's it's at the bottom, it's dusty, it's covered up and stuff, and, and people just simply overlook it. Um, you put it in a display, a nice, sharp-looking display up front, and instantly that's just something they can easily grab. Yeah, that's probably been one of the single biggest things that we've uh, that we've done is is uh, helping our distributors merchandise the product effectively. You know, it's kind of a common theme uh, on this podcast and a common theme for the last 10 years with Presco to me is that if you just simply 
you know, ask about the product. Yeah. You get it out there where your customers can easily pick it up, then sales grow. And so that's one of the things that we really focused on. Uh, Clayton and his team have done a really good job at helping design that that merchandising display uh, and help making it look sharp, help loading it in with product. And really it's become the standard uh, for a lot of our customers that they look at that thing and, and it's the expectation now is that it is upfront and fully stocked with our product because they know how many how much sales that that generates for the company. So to kind of bring this all back, how do you find that uh, these solutions affect your relationships with your distributors? And how essential have you found nurturing those relationships to be with a successful year for Presco? You know, one of the things that we always drive on is is how do we continue to add value to our customers? And and value is is comes in a lot of different ways. I mean, everybody within Presco helps us create value that then we communicate to our distributors. So I, I think that's just the main driving force, whether it's a product offering, whether it's quality products, whether it's uh, helping those guys sell more, whether, you know, whether it's our marketing team, whether it's our merchandising, all of those different type of things help us drive value to your customer. I tell the guys all the time, you know, our sales, our sales team all the time that, Hey, look, you know, there's there's no excuse if a customer doesn't want to meet with you. There's no excuse if the customer says, hey, this isn't important to us. There's no excuse because at that point, they're not seeing the value that we provide as a company. It is our job. It's both sales job and it's both marketing's job to help communicate the value that Presco has for our distributors. And I, I think that's really what has transformed our relationship with our distributor partners is that they understand that we have a value proposition. We They understand that we're really focused on driving value for their business. Um, and that is, that's one of the things that I think is, is really strengthened our whole uh, distributor partnership. And just to generalize a little bit more, because I think some of the insights that we got here can be applied beyond just your industry. How would you take some of the successes of Presco's business model and how you approach uh, your distribution network and how would you take that and apply it to any kind of distributor and company relationship? What are some lessons that they might be able to pull from what Presco has done right and wrong, you know, where you've learned and adapted? You can't just rely on your product, even if it is good quality product, you've got to be able to bring value and offer more than that. And I think we've, we've done that with... Like I said, we bring on a marketing team for that distributor. Right. We've got great team of people at Presco right now. The brand ambassadors traveling around and, and meeting people. The sales team uh, getting out there and shaking hands and, and helping grow business and, and showing their tips and tricks and how not only you can sell more of our Presco products, but how they can just grow their overall business in general. Yeah, and, and to kind of expand on that a little bit, in a commoditized market that we are that we're in, we sell flags and barricade tape and roll flagging. And a lot of the times our, our customers look at that and say, hey, that's not really important to us. It is a small piece of our business. Um, and so we really have to promote the value um, that Presco provides outside of just talking about product. As Clayton said, it's really about the service that we give to our customers, the overwhelming support that we have focused on just our products. This is less than 1% of our customers, but it's 100% of what Presco does. And so that is our sole focus on what we do. It's extremely important to us, and we really want to help make our customers successful in selling and distributing these products. 
All right. I feel like that does it. Wade Wilson, Clayton Chansey, thank you both so much for joining us on this episode of The Marketing Minute, breaking down your distributor network, your business model, uh, where you've succeeded, how you've adapted. Uh, Like I said, I really think what you've described here can be applied to any distributor and company relationship because I think it speaks to not necessarily an industry strategy, but a relationship strategy, right? How do you foster that relationship? How do you get them invested in what they're selling? And how do you provide material support, everything from displays to marketing to selling tips and tricks to make them feel more confident and invested and you know interested in the product and its end users? So again, we've been chatting with Wade Wilson, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Presco, as well as Clayton Chancy, Director of Marketing for Presco. Wade, Clayton, thanks for joining us in the studio. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Marking Minute brought to you by Presco. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to presco.com slash resources. Again, that's presco.com slash resources. And there you'll find not only previous episodes of the podcast, but other blogs, videos, and articles. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. 